All right, everybody, welcome back to the Upside Play. We are heading into week two. I'm joined today by Maher, Vincenzo, and Patrick. Vince does not like it when I call him that. If anybody is following along at home, this is the second pod in a row. Al from Easton's Box Break, our good friend, um, he just likes to call Vince Vincenzo, and it's kind of a fan favorite around here. So that is here to stay. Anyway, our episode Great. today is brought to you by Royal Retros. Go to royalretros.com. He's got a bunch of new jerseys on there. MLB playoffs are coming. There's some cool San Francisco Giants gear. Use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. Get 10% off your order. I actually, for the YouTube people, hold on. Bad radio. I'll be right back. That's efficient. For the, YouTube, for the YouTube people, I got my Trey Lance right here. My name is Jimmy Goat Roffalo because he is the goat, but I do have my Trey Lance. Look at the stitching on this. Oof. Impeccable. Premium. Impeccable. Uh, RoyalRetros.com, good friends of the show, basically how we get most of our funding. So go ahead over to that website. Use promo code UPSIDEPLAY, 10% off your order, 10% back to us. It's a win-win deal. Help support your boys. Fellas, week two. We're kind of in the middle of the Giants-Washington football team right now, so if you hear any oohs and ahs, um, that's what's going on. How are you guys feeling? Pretty good. Ready for this week. Very excited for this week. Football's back. Yeah, we're uh, we're kicking it off with the matchups of the week for week two, and it's very appropriate because Maher is our residential Eagles fan. Um, We've said it once. We'll keep on saying it. And me and Patrick are holding it down for the 49ers. We're playing each other this week. Um, current odds are 49ers minus 3.5. So we're favored by about three and a half points. Over under is 50. So, Maher, how are you feeling? What are your uh, expectations for this week? How are you guys going to take down the 49ers, make it two years in a row, um, stealing a game from us, stealing upsets? I'm feeling pretty good. The Niners injuries is definitely going to help the Eagles put up some points. You know, there's not too many people that they have to worry about. I'm a little scared of George Kittle because we don't really have solid linebackers that will guard tight ends well. And I'm scared of the pressure that Nick Both is going to put on Mayotta. Mayotta has shown that he's a very good O-tackle, but he is a young guy and he hasn't played anyone so elite just yet. But overall, I think what we got to do to win, we just got to play safe and take care of the football. I think – with the injuries the Niners have, we actually have some better matchups and we match up well. We're all healthy. Our line's good. They show that they could get after the quarterback and stop the run where I think the Niners thrive. And uh, Niners don't do too well against running quarterbacks. we got a running quarterback. So as long as these young guys don't make any rookie mistakes, you know, as long as Miles Sanders doesn't fumble the ball or the line doesn't collapse or Devontae Smith or Jake Dylan Rieger drops some easy third down conversions or anything like that, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, so it sounds like you're just saying tune up on the mistakes and win in the trenches, which is exactly how I feel as well. Patrick, counterpoint, what's the key to victory for the 49ers this week? How are we going to take out the Eagles, get a revenge game from last season? It's the defense. I think you had a wake-up call last week when Jared Goff was just running up and down the field. Uh, The key is going to be making Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, make him make those mistakes that Maher was talking about. He's still a young quarterback. Um, this Niners defense I still think is really good, one of the best. Our linebacking core is really good. And we have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, and hopefully we get J- Javon Kinlaw back. That's going to disrupt the run game a lot. Uh, 
I'm not too worried about our offense. Our offense was looking super clean, and now that Ayuk is back, hopefully um, 100%, that's just another weapon that we have, and I don't think we'll have any trouble scoring points on that Eagles defense. Sorry, Meyer. Yeah. I, I like that you brought up the linebackers. We did lose Dre Greenlaw today, but the other two looked fantastic. Uh, Fred Warner is all pro Fred. He's always going to be there, and um, Al Shazier it looked amazing in week yeah. one. So that those are two good things that we can hang our hat on. Um Jimmy G was very impressive. Debo Samuel, obviously impressive. I think our keys to victory is really keeping their defense on their toes and forcing their defense to make mistakes. Um, Shanahan has the ability to do that. He could scheme it up. I'm interested to see how we fare against Jalen Hurts. I know Maher brought up running quarterbacks. The 49ers struggle big time with running quarterbacks. So those are just some keynotes to look out for. We don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is our matchup of the week, so we wanted to bring it up and show the people that we have a little in-house rivalry. I'm sure on Saturday, me and Maher will formulate a bet. He took a good chunk of change off of me last year in the Eagles dub, so we'll see how it goes this year. Moving on to our second game of the week, we have the Sunday night football game. I think all of us are going to be on the same side of this, so it might be a little short, but it is a good matchup, so we got to mention it. Kansas City at Baltimore. Um Vince just found a fun little tidbit on the Baltimore team. So, Vince, why don't you kick it off with you? How's Baltimore looking? Are they more injured than the 49ers? Yeah, they are probably the lone team more injured than San Francisco. Um, They have 14 players on IR currently, seven of which are their starters. So, um, obviously not ideal when you go into a game uh, against Kansas City, already losing a heartbreaker on Monday night last week. Uh, and losing two more players uh, that that game as well. This is going to be a tough game for Baltimore. Obviously, I think we're all going to go with Kansas City in this one, though. Yeah, and excuse me because I I did something rude. I should have brought up your Raiders' big win initially. Okay. Um, I'm that you mentioned how Baltimore lost last week. I should have brought it up, Vince. How are you feeling about your Raiders? How was last week for you? Were you stunned at that overtime thriller? Hell yeah! I did not believe you we were going to come out with the win. Um, until about four seconds before we did. Um, it, it was it was insane. We talked about it before, but it was absolutely insane. It's a great feeling, but, you know, we got Pittsburgh now, and um, we can't overlook Pittsburgh because they can score in bunches. Yeah, Pittsburgh D was just absolutely decimating last week against Buffalo, and Buffalo was the top offense heading into it. Anyway, Kansas City at Baltimore. I think we're all on the same page here. Kansas City is going to hope – I mean, probably run away with this one. Lines are actually closer than I expected, especially after a Raiders loss for the Baltimore Ravens. But yeah. Kansas City minus 3.5 over under 55. I'm looking at our pick that's half filled out right now, and it looks like everybody has Chiefs. A couple of people have Chiefs minus 3.5. So kind of cut and dry there. The defense is a little banged up for Baltimore. Patrick Mahomes got off to a slow start, and then he started turning up against that deadly Browns defense late. So I expect that to continue. I expect Travis Kelsey to get more than seven targets. And, I mean – Tyree Kill was Tyree Kill last week. He was the wide receiver one in football, so it was, he was an automatic dub. Anything else that we want to chime in on before we go to our last game of the week, guys? Yeah, I just want to say for the Kansas City-Baltimore uh, game that um, if the Ravens couldn't stop, couldn't stop the air attack on the Raiders, there's no shot in hell they're stopping Mahomes. And one more thing, Vince, as somebody who has dissed the Raiders so often – I was getting so upset that they just couldn't punch it in in that over uh, right before overtime, and then he just like threw that interception too. It was it was whack. Like the, that was the most Raiders win ever. Yeah, hey, dub the dub. It goes down in the same category uh, as other wins. It's fine. 
We will go over to our last game. We have the Seattle Seahawks, who had a very impressive win in week one at the Tennessee Titans, who absolutely got their ass kicked against the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks, Titans, how are you guys feeling about that game? I think it could kind of be the matchup of the week overall, but the lines don't suggest that. The lines right now are Seattle minus six. Um, I, I was pretty stunned at this one. Over-unders 54. I, I get it. The Titans had a bad week. Um, Mike Vrabel didn't do a great job at the coaching aspect. The defense got torched up. Kyler Murray made them look silly. I like this matchup a lot better for them. Um, obviously, the wide receiver concerns for Seattle will outweigh anything. But I, I do like the Titans this week. I expect Derrick Henry to get more than 58 yards. How are you guys feeling about that one? Things to watch out for. Maher, who do you have in this one? I have the Titans. I think it's going to be an upset. I think it really just comes down to coaching. Vrabel is going to have to really show that he can um, help out, have, have his team bounce back. You know, they have the talent. The talent's not the issue. The, the issue is really getting them open, putting them in schemes that work for them. So I think the toughest part for them is going to be able to, to be stopping Russell Wilson. But from an offensive perspective, I think the coach is going to make it happen. And if they do lose, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah, the scheme was what was really concerning in the beginning. Um, I didn't see Julio get involved right away, which I expected to. A.J. Brown had a late start to the game, too. And, I mean, Derrick Henry was getting swarmed on. I think if teams have the ability to stack the box against Derrick Henry and not fear Julio or A.J.B. on the outside – then it's going to be it's going to be a cakewalk for those defenses, and I expected this to be a matchup nightmare for almost every team in the NFL with the just a diverse playmaking out of all three of those guys. You think about Julio, big downfield threat. He has a big catch radius, and he can basically body up any corner in the league. AJ Brown's the yards after catch guy. He can catch a slant and go to the house. He can get an out route and turn it into fifty yards. And then Derrick Henry's a two thousand yard rusher. The Seahawks are getting one or two points here just for being in Seattle. Like the fans are back this year. The twelfth man has always been a thing. Ryan, you and I know that it's always tough to win there, having to go there every single year. The Forty ers it's not easy, and they that offense could not get it together in Tennessee. I don't know how. They're really going to get it together in Seattle. I like the over two. Modern brought up a very good point that each team could could put up a lot of points, and hopefully they get Derrick Henry the ball a lot more. That will be very important. Those are our matchups of the week. Again, if you're keeping track at home, we have San Francisco at Philly, Kansas City at Baltimore, and Tennessee at Seattle. Vince, we're going to go over to you, starts of the week. So these are guys that are predominantly owned in redraft and could be on the the edge of starting for your team or sitting for your team. So Vince, why don't you start us off? you got a tight end going up against a very favorable matchup. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Noah Fant this week. Um, we all know about the injury to Jerry Judy. There's six catches and 72 yards uh, from last week. That is not there now. Uh, Jacksonville is not a solid defense whatsoever. Um, Teddy Bridgewater will be uh, able to exploit that defense with ease. Um, he actually led the Broncos in targets in week one with uh, eight targets. He also had six catches for 62 yards. Um, I can see Fant being um, one of the highest target targeted tight ends in the league in week two. He's going to have a, a monster game against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that really honestly doesn't have anyone that can stop him. And they got ripped against the Texans, who yeah. people had going 0-17. So. Hmm. 
Fant is probably going to be that first target for Teddy Bridgewater. He looked the most comfortable with him. Um, he was hitting him on all layers of the field, really. I saw a couple out routes. He was doing damage down the middle. And Teddy Bridgewater, I, I saw a cool clip of him and Von Miller, and Von Miller was like, I haven't seen that leadership since 18 was here, referring mm-hmm. to Peyton Manning. So I think Teddy Bridgewater has a good connection with Noah Fant. Jerry Judy injury is unfortunate. Cortland Sutton's coming off the ACL, so he has a good chance to be that top target. I think they're still going to be a little run heavy, but we watched the Texans absolutely torch the Jaguars last week, so there's no reason to think that we shouldn't expect the Broncos to do the same. Going over to your second guy, we have T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a Cincinnati wide receiver, probably going to be in most starting lineups. Vince, why is he your start of the week at the wide receiver position? I really like T. Higgins because of the fact that defenses will need to start paying attention to Jamar Chase. I know he's still a rookie. He had a wonderful week one. Um, Chicago wasn't able to st- uh, to stop Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and Cooper Cup. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Tyler Boyd, um, Jamar Chase, and more importantly, T. Higgins. Burrow has that connection with Higgins, and you'll be able to see that on display. I, I would not be surprised if T. Higgins led the Cincinnati Bengals in targets. Yeah, and – Thinking about the Cincinnati team and more importantly how bad Chicago was last week, there was multiple times where we saw deep, deep plays, and T. Higgins has the ability to go long on these guys. I think Jamar Chase will warrant a lot of attention. Looks like nickel corner is really a priority that hasn't been filled for Chicago so far, so that's another interesting to look at. Maher, I know you were on the fence about Jamar Chase. How do you think he's going to impact T. Higgins this week? Do you think T. Higgins will be the wide receiver one, or are you sticking with Jamar Chase? I think T. Higgins will be the wide receiver one. I think um, Chicago has a good pasty. They'll be, I think, still, Jamar Chase is still a little limited in how much he can do. I think he still needs to get a little bit more comfortable, and T. Higgins has kind of proven that he can play outside, inside. So I think that's going to be helpful against um, a Bears defense that's going to look to bounce back. And although Joe Burrow has played with Jamar Chase, I think the chemistry and trust with T. Higgins is a little bit better still. So I just yeah. think out of opportunity and confidence and trust, it's going to be T. Higgins. And T. Higgins has been sure-handed every single week he's been in the NFL, so that's another thing to look out for. Chicago does have a – I mean, they're I wouldn't call them a top-tier defense, but they're good at contesting balls, so – T. Higgins being sure-handed and, and Joe, Hig- Joe Burrow having that chemistry, I could see that working out. Vince, who are your sits of the week? First sit of the week is Mike Davis uh, going against Tampa Bay. Um, we saw on Thursday night that Tampa Bay um, has one of the best you know, rush defenses in football. Uh, Atlanta's not going to be able to keep up with Tampa Bay at all. They're going to be playing from behind from the opening kickoff. Um, actually, the only – the only running back to score or to rush for over 100 yards against Tampa Bay in the last 25 games is Dalvin Cook in week 14 last year. So I don't think Mike Davis is going to be the next one on that list for sure. I think Atlanta is going to yeah. be throwing a ton. You might be able to see Kyle Pitts this week, but no Mike Davis. And I mean, watching last week's game, and Maher probably saw a little bit more than I did, but Mike Davis didn't look like the number one running back. I mean, Cordero Patterson had a fantastic game. He had 7.7 per carry, and he had 54 yards on seven carries. Mike Davis outtouched him times two, but, I mean, more productive back. It was essentially a wide receiver that was back there. So I, I totally get this one. Mike Davis did look sketch. I think that his real value comes in PPR formats where he can catch the ball and do a little bit more damage for your team. So that might be something to consider if you have Mike Davis on your bubble. 
But against Tampa Bay, who's just stellar up front, it's a it's a solid call right there. So I agree with that one. Brandon Cooks is your second sit of the week. Why do you have Brandon Cooks on there? This one's tough, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of lineups with Brandon Cooks in there, just based on the target volume. But you know, Denzel Ward will shadow him. He's not a terrible corner at all. Don't look at the week one. Tyreek Hill numbers and say that Denzel Ward is a bad corner. It's just a better offense that he was playing. Um, Denzel Ward is solid. He's going to be on Brandon Cooks. Secondaries will most likely have to send help uh, Cooks his way because there really are no other pass catchers on the Houston Texans to beat you. Um, Ty, mainly the Tyrod won't have the time to even look downfield for Brandon Cooks with that pass rush from Cleveland. Um, yeah, I see Cooks maybe getting to that five-catch, 50-yard range for 10 PPR points. But if you're looking for upside, I, I think his upside's capped against that good Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, kicking it over to Patrick for a second. Brandon Cooks, he had those two big catches last week. Um, I know you like the Cleveland defense. How do you think he might be limited, especially him being truly the only alpha wide receiver out in Houston? It's going to be the pass rush. I think that JV on Clowney and Miles Garrett getting to uh, getting to Taylor early is going to be is going to be a problem, cause a lot of issues in his timing with Cooks. Cooks needs needs long developing plays, and unless he can get open in a scramble, like a very early scramble after his route is completed, then I. I got, I'm with Vince. I just don't think that it's going to be there. Yeah, that's a good point. The, those Browns defenders like to set the edge and just force people to like force the defense to collapse on you. So it's a solid point. Brandon Cooks does heavily rely on the play extending. So I, I like that. Um, again, Vince drops the stardom sit him every Saturday, typically, unless we really like something on a Thursday game. So check out that on our Twitter page. It'll be under stardom sit him. It'll also be on the website, www.upsideplay.com. We will go over into our upside plays of the week. So these are guys that are typically less than 60% rostered, sometimes 50% rostered. We use sleeper for this. So if you guys play fantasy football on ESPN and you notice that this guy has a higher roster rate, it's not like that on sleeper essentially. So I'll start it off. We have James White as our RB upside play of the week. And it's really due to, I mean, how well he performed last week. He had 12 points in a PPR format. That's a lot better than much people had him as his ADP. He's going up against the Jets, who, I mean, under Robert Sala, should probably improve defensively. We'll get into the Jets and their chances this week a little later. But James White is a true third down back. He had seven targets last week, and I think that could go up. Um, it just depends on how many third downs, really, the Jets force. But James White did have some good carries last week. Damian Harris fumbled late. That could impact him a little bit. So I think he's really the old reliable for Bill Belichick. Vince, thoughts on James White? How do you think he'll do this week against that Jets defense? And do you think he's a viable guy to have on your bench or, I mean, even maybe in a flex spot this week? Yeah, if you're in a deeper league, maybe a second flex or even more, I think James White's a solid guy to put in there. Um, I'm a firm believer that Bill Belichick will throw James White in there to help Mac Jones as much as he can uh, as a little dump-off option for him there. I do like James White this week. We're going to go over into a guy who had some offseason controversy, but, I mean, he didn't put up the fantasy numbers of a wide receiver one or two, but he did have the uh, snap count and the targets of a wide receiver one or two. We're going to Cole Beasley out in Buffalo. 
Um, he really went under the radar, and I think he's sitting right at like 60% rostered in most leagues, which is kind of eye-opening for me. He had 13 targets in week one, 14 points, and I mean, he's a top two target in one of the more high-powered offenses in the league. Buffalo got stymied a little bit by the Steelers last week. Not the game we expected. It really fucked me and Patrick and a couple of our bets. Ruined our teaser. Regardless, Cole Beasley should have some solid upside this week. Looking at Buffalo, they're going up against Miami. Uh, Miami does have a solid secondary, but I think the the main guys will be on Stephon Diggs, who also kind of went under the radar a little bit last week. He was wide receiver 29. Cole Beasley, guys, what are your thoughts? Vince, do you think he's someone that might crack your flex spot? Why not or why so? Yeah, he he would definitely warrant consideration for my flex spot. I mean, just that 13, that's only one target less than Stephon Diggs had. Uh, in week one, I mean, you got to follow that target volume. We've seen Beasley have these high target games before, and he is always a threat to have that red zone touchdown. Eight for 60 was his line last week, and that's not something to, you know, look past, um, especially in that high-powered Bills offense. He would definitely be in consideration for a flex spot depending on who I who else I have on my roster. Yeah, and Patrick, thinking about their uh, run game out in Buffalo, how they typically just don't use Devin Singletary or Zach Moss as much as other teams would, how do you think his uh, value looks this week, Cole Beasley? I think Cole Beasley has kind of solidified himself as Josh Allen's um, his own like safety blanket in a way. Uh, Josh Allen is not really someone to check down to a running back or a tight end as we've seen with you know, Dawson Knox and Singletary and Zach Moss. So he looks to Cole Beasley to get open when he's scrambling. And I think that's where his value is. And so the only issue is that if Josh Allen's comfortable and he's going to look for Stephon Diggs and he's going to look for Gabe Davis, who typically rely on those long, uh, those plays to develop. And so if um, they're playing the – they're playing the Dolphins this week. Dolphins have a de- decent pass rush. If he isn't running after uh, early pressure, then I think that could be easily maybe worth a start. Yeah, that's another good point. Um, he's definitely the guy that when Josh Allen gets under pressure or he needs to get out and uh, find somebody, Cole Beasley does a good job at releasing from coverage and making plays after the initial play breaks down. So I like that point. Brian Edwards, Vincenzo. What do you think about your guy, Brian Edwards? Slow start to the first week. Vince has kind of been waiting all all year, really, to just get his uh, licks and talk about Brian Edwards. So yeah. here's your chance. Slow start for Brian Edwards, and he really turned up in that fourth quarter slash overtime. What are you thinking? Yeah, it could not have been a slower start for his game. He did not have his first catch until the 45-second mark of the fourth quarter uh, and finished with four catches for 81 yards. Um this is more of a deeper league, um, you know, flex play, to be completely honest with you. We do need to see more of uh, Brian Edwards consistently. But it is nice to know that Derek Carr will target Brian Edwards when the game is on the line. Um, I mean, De- say what you want, but I I trust um, Carr with the game on the line. And obviously we have Darren Waller, but we do need that second option. It kind of looked like he was looking Brian Edwards' way. Most of that time, Henry Ruggs did have two nice plays in fourth quarter and overtime. But, yeah, Edwards is a guy that we're kind of waiting on to see if he really gets that higher target volume. But the trust definitely does look like it's there, and that's almost as important as the target volume. Yeah, and thinking about Josh Jacobs, he's still listed as questionable. Kenyon Drake didn't see a ton of volume because of that. Um, 
Maher, what do you think about the Raiders' offense? Obviously, Darren Waller is the number one. Do you think Brian Edwards could be the legit number two of this offense, or you, can you see Ruggs making that comeback for, towards more of the the middle of the season? Who do you think is the number two out in Las Vegas, almost at Oakland? I think it's going to be Brian Edwards. I don't know if Derek Carr necessarily trusts himself yet in terms of the throws that he's making. And for that reason, I think he'd rather throw the ball to someone that could win 50-50 balls as opposed to someone that you actually got to throw a kind of good throw in order to get a completion. So Mm -hmm. like Vin said, the trust was there, and it didn't look like it slowed down. If anything, it sped up. So I think Brian Edwards is going to be the guy. Yeah, contested catch, he's definitely a lot more reliable than Henry Ruggs would be. Those are upside plays of the week. Uh, Again, we'll go back over them real quickly. We got James White running back for New England, Cole Beasley wide receiver for Buffalo, and Brian Edwards out in Las Vegas. All right, we're going to do upset watch, and then we'll do a little gambling corner real quick. Upset watch. So these are three games that uh, really we think could end up in an upset. We saw a ton of upsets in week one. I think I saw a stat that it was one of the most upsets in week one that we've seen in like the last decade or so. So off to the right start. If you're an underdog better, I'm sure you're up a ton of money. Um, Maher, you're really the Carolina Panthers voucher. You said that you'd put your house on them to make the playoffs earlier um, before the season. Panthers are going against the Saints this week. They are four-point dogs right now. Why do you think the Panthers could upset the Saints this week? Yeah, these are two teams no one expected, I think, to both be 1-0, let alone you know each of any of them. So I think it's mostly because of how complete their team is. You know, Both of them have somewhat complete teams, if you do think Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston are quality quarterbacks. One thing I could say about Jameis Winston, although he looked like a different guy in week one than we're used to, He's been consistently inconsistent throughout his year, you know, so throughout his career. So I'm kind of expecting a bad game from him where he kind of makes a few mistakes. And I think the Panthers are more of a team that will make few mistakes compared to the Saints. And them being at home is going to give them a little bit more of an edge. So I think I'm going to ride with them for that reason. I see uh, Terrace Marshall breaking out this game too, maybe, you know, getting a touchdown, you know, 70, 80 yards and make a name for himself as well. Maybe Chubba Hubbard, you know, making some noise too out of the backfield. So I think uh, I think Panthers kind of have the edge in terms of weapons, and I think there's a chance that Jameis Winston could have one of his bad games after riding that high from last week. I, lo- I love the Chubba instead of Chuba. What a <laughs> shout out! Shout out Jeff D. Lowe on that one. Um, <laughs> high noons. Um, yeah, the I think I'm really excited to see the running back matchup here. Um, CMC versus Alvin Kamara. I mean, two of the best backs in the league going head to head. I think CMC will most likely win this battle. Um, Front four for the Saints is really solid. I just, I kind of like the Panthers as well in this one. I, I like how he brought up Jameis being a little more inconsistent throughout his career. I think that's something that'll be here to stay. I kind of want for Jameis's sake and for fantasy football's sake for him to stay hot. So we don't have to see too much of Taysom Hill, but that is what it is. Thinking about the actual football aspect of it, the Carolina defense is obviously a lot better than they were last year. What do you guys think about J.C. Horn? you think J.C. Horn will have an impact on this game? Will he ball hawk Jameis at all? Vince, thoughts on J.C. Horn? I loved J.C. Horn coming out. Um, we've seen Jameis before. I don't think we've seen Jameis have you know two good games in a row. Um, so I think Jameis wants to test that rookie, and I think J.C. Horn's going to win that battle. Um 
JC or I'm sorry, the the Saints really don't have a wide receiver that can can you know be the alpha number one. So I think Hornell's just going to shadow whoever Jameis is going to be targeting mostly in that game. Uh, I think JC Horn's definitely going to win that battle between him and Jameis. And Patrick, if you had JC Horn at your disposal, you put him on Marquez Callaway, or you put him on Deontay Harris. Uh, I mean, Adam Troutman. Where are you having JC Horn? I think, I think he's going to be on uh, Marquez Callaway, and it's. I think that's also why Marquez Callaway is also going to have a sim- similar game than what he did last time. Is that he was covered by Alexander Jared Alexander of the Packers. Uh, he didn't really do too much. That's going to force Jameis to once again have to. You spread the football around. They're going to rely really a lot on Kamara uh, this week. And I think that uh, Jeremy Chin it will actually probably uh, guard the tight end, uh, whoever's out there. And um, they're, I don't even know they're their quarterback, but uh, he'll probably be on the other opposite side of Horn. Yeah, and it was it was honestly startling to see all the Marquez Callaway hype turn into two targets in week one. And it's a good point of Jair Alexander being blanketed all over him really the whole game. So solid point right there. We're going to go over into our second upset of the week. We got the Jets versus the Patriots. Maher, high on the Jets this week. You're one of the few in the proud, it sounds like right now. Why do you think the Jets can take one against the Patriots? I think Robert Sala is going to really show why they gave him the job this week. I think he's going to hold it down on the defense. If there's any team you really can have confidence against as a being the Jets, it's going to be the Patriots. I think, I don't think they're paid. I don't think their offense is scary at all. I think as long as you force Mac Jones to make some mistakes, he will. And, um, I think they really just got to score like 14 to 17 points to win this game. I think Zach Wilson's getting a little bit more confidence. They got some fun guys there in the backfield that I think could make some noise. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but I give them the slight edge. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I I definitely have the Patriots on, on my lines. Don't get me wrong, but I like their reasoning. Uh, I think Damian Harris needs a bounce back game. He was very solid until those fumbles. So I'm, Looking forward to seeing that run game really get going. Mac Jones looked comfortable. Nelson Aguilar had a good game. Jacoby Myers had some high targets. So I, I'm excited for that. But upset, radar, we're going to put the Jets on there. Last one of the week, we are going Bengals at the Chicago Bears. The Bengals are four-point dogs right now. I know Patrick was kind of steamheading this one. Patrick, why do you think the Bengals can take out Chicago this week? It's going to be that passing game. Uh, they... They did not. The Bears' defense did not hold their own against the Rams. I think that the Bengals' passing attack is one tier below that. Joe Mixon looked incredible last week too, uh, and I think that this game will kind of come down to a shootout. And when it comes to that, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be able to lead that offense. Yeah, uh, Joe Mixon was the RB three. I mean, tied for yeah, RB two essentially. It's an awesome week for him. Yeah, awesome breakout for him. And yeah, just the 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 Bears defense did not look good against against the Rams. And I think that they, they have a similar offense. So, we'll, but we'll see. Um, as of right now, uh, though, the line did move. It's at Bengals plus two. So there is, there is a lot of money going in on the Bengals. They, they're thinking upset. Uh, I also have zero faith in Andy Dalton and Matt Nagy. And to be honest, until they make that quarterback change, I don't, I don't think they're going to be doing anything really on offense. And yeah, I mean, that was a perfect transition. What are the odds for you guys that we see Justin Fields come in for Andy Dalton this week? Do you think this is the week or Matt Nagy's going to wait one more week? This is 100% the week you're going to see Justin Fields. Um, 
I don't think if Matt Nagy wants to keep his job, he's going to put Justin Fields in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that I think we really noticed. I mean, Justin Fields scored on like his like third play on the field. I, mm-hmm. it, I think Justin Fields being able to extend plays and just the the ability to draw in more defenders into the box because of his rushing upside is going to be something that's huge. So I, I like Justin Fields this week as well. I really hope he does get in there. I have a bunch of friends that are Bears fans, and I don't want to watch him suffer too much longer. Also, one more thing about this game that I'm interested to see is uh, I want to see the Bears front four against that Bengals offensive line that had some troubles in the uh, preseason, kind of lingered into the regular se- or the sorry in week one. Um, I just want to see how that Bengals offensive line protects Joe Burrow in this one. And going off the rookie quarterbacks, I mean, we've seen five that should – Really, I think all five played last week in small numbers. Who do you guys think is going to be the number one QB to really impact their team and provide a winning record for them? I think from a stats perspective, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. But if it's a guy that could get his team either into the playoffs or to just you know get the most wins in that column, I think it'll be Justin Fields. I think he has... Um, the best team around him with the demand of good quarterback play. You know, you have um, Trey way over in San Francisco who they don't really need just yet because Garoppolo is looking nice. Uh, Zach Wilson's on not the best team. Mac Jones, not on the best team. Trevor Lawrence looked like he's on one of the worst teams in the NFL last week. So Justin Fields, I think um, could be that missing piece that they need. Yeah. I, I really want to say Trey Lance here, but with how well Jimmy G looked, it's, it's going to be hard for me to say that. So I, I'm gonna. I'm probably leaning Justin Fields just because Andy Dalton proved that he's not the right guy. Vince, who's your guy? Kind of leaning Zach Wilson, just because I believe the the, the leash is the longest with him. Um, I think Sal is just gonna let this guy ride, and he's just gonna let this guy throw as many interceptions as he needs. But I believe he's gonna have one of those Jameis Winston years where it just doesn't matter how many interceptions he throws. Um, he's got solid weapons. He doesn't have the best weapons, but he's got some solid pass catches around him and a team that's just behind him 100%. So I think Zach Wilson will be the one at the end of the year you will be pleasantly surprised with. Yeah, and um, we have about five more minutes. Guys, we all made some bets last week. None better than Maher's parlay. It was an absolute banger. I wanted to give him some time to talk about it, and then we'll let Patty talk into what he likes in uh, both college football and uh in the NFL. Maher, what was your four-team parlay? What did it hit? How you feeling? Yeah, I felt pretty good. So um, just so everybody knows what my parlay was this last week, I took the under for the Chargers in Washington. It was at 44 and a half. It went under. Uh, I took the San Francisco 49ers minus seven and a half. They covered Miami Dolphins money line. They were underdogs that covered. And then the Rams minus seven and a half and that covered too. So, you know, now that the week's over, they kind of look like obvious picks, you know. But you know how when you're looking at those spreads, no pick looks like the right pick. So that felt pretty good. This week is a much harder week. And, you know, I tilted. I almost didn't want to bet this week. But how are you not going to bet it's football? Mm -hmm. So I got another four-teamer for the week. I got the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers over 44. You got a lot of big-time playmakers, some home run hitters that could score in one or two plays on that team. You got Kamara and Winston who like to make big plays. You got McCaffrey. You got Robbie Anderson. Those are some big play guys. I got Chicago Bears. Money line. I know you guys don't really like that over there. You guys are kind of high on Cincy, but I like that game. 
got Buffalo against Miami. I don't think Buffalo is going to go 0-2, especially to a team like Miami. And then we got Tennessee Titans. I think they're hungry for a win. That's the game I'm scared about the most. But they're another team I don't see going 0-2, and they're going to make things happen. Yeah, Titans money line and Bills, uh, Bills minus 3.5 are kind of on my radar as well. I think from a standpoint of all of us, I think Bills minus 3.5 is the lock of the week. Um, and it's not really close. So I, I totally agree. Bills versus Miami, I think, is the lock of the week there. Patrick, what do you got for this weekend? Put it out, manifest it so we can talk our good shit next week when it hits. Yeah, I like the um, I like the Rams minus four uh, against the Colts. We all saw what Seattle was able to do. And uh, the Rams are obviously just a way better you know, passing attack than Seattle. So uh, I think they're going to tear and pick apart the Annapolis Colts. Um, I like the San Francisco 49ers minus three. Sorry, Maher. Um, I do one teaser that I'm eyeballing is a six pointer with uh, Denver with, um, with Pittsburgh and then adding, um, where did they go? Uh, and then Tennessee Titans plus 12. Um, I think that, that is one that's one that I'm kind of eyeballing right now. Um, and another one that I, my final look that I like is uh, Dallas Cowboys and Chargers over 55 and a half. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. To, I, a fun I, game watch. If I had to bet an over, I feel like that might be my over as well. I mean, it's probably the highest point total. Um, damn, Wash, or Washington's buzzing right now. <laughs> if you guys yeah, are looking at the screen, those guys are getting hyped. My over finally hit for this one. Um, yeah, I think the over in uh, Dallas and L.A. is going to be a fun one to look out for. It is going to be a ton of points, but both those defenses didn't look too great. Yep, that's that's really gambling corner for this week. Vince, you got anything? You know, I just hope Maher's hits, um, to be completely honest with you guys. Because <laughs> I think it also. <laughs> yeah, Vince, Vince is, a, is a Maher rider through and true. Yep. So that's that's the squad. Um, look little, out for college side football. Note. Mm-hmm. Sorry, a little side note. I did lose another parlay because I took Jacksonville over uh, Houston last week, but I did end up with a nine and one run. So I just have to give myself a little bit more credit than just a four. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to, um, we'll post some graphics. We have a uh, Parky's props. Parker went uh, five and eight, I believe in, the, in his prop bets. So look out for that Sunday morning. I'll post that every Sunday morning. Patrick has a college pick that we're going to release tomorrow. Um, worked really hard on that one. So I'm excited to drop that with them. And then, obviously, our upside play pick which is kind of the team's favorite. We get to talk shit to each other every week. That'll drop on Saturday with Vince's stardom sit So if you guys want the pick rankings, I just want to say them out loud since I'm in first place. We got me in <laughs> oh. first. Uh, I believe me in first, Maher in second, Zudo third, um, Zach fourth. No, no, no. Zudo third, James fourth, and then um, Zach fifth, and then... Wait no, Vince fifth. Sorry, Zach sixth, and Patrick is at the in the cellar at two and four. Not a good. Oh, you were two and four. Yeah, I mean, I I picked I picked like three picks that were against the grain. Like I went Browns, I went Washington football team, and I went, um, and then like the stupid Ravens lost. So, oh, who who did everyone take the Ravens in that one? Or who who who's the one who took the Raiders? You took the Raiders and still ended up four and two. Um, That is going to be our episode for the week. Again, brought to you by RoyalRetros.com. 
If everybody's watching at home or listening back, if Washington football team wins by three, we'll have some more picks to throw out because we won't all be broke. Um, RoyalRetros.com, use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. Go grab your Trey Lance jersey. Go grab your Justin Fields jersey, whatever rookie that you want to hold on to near and dear for your heart. Vince has Alex Leatherwood. Shout out that false start at the one. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good rest of your night.